Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Ice Cold Takes podcast. I'm your host, Joey DiMeglio, and this week I'm joined by Joe Fortunato. You may know him from Blue Shirt Banter, where he's the managing editor. Pretty big blog, Blue Shirt Banter. I've read my fair share of articles from you guys over the years. Uh, Today, we'll talk about those two frustrating losses the Rangers had to the Oilers and the Devils, where they blew multi-goal leads. And we'll talk a little bit about the win over the Senators from last night. Joe, thanks for joining. How are you? I'm good, man. Uh, Anytime. Happy to be here. How are you doing? Doing great. Um, so I wanted to ask you, so Blue Shirt Banter, one of those, one of the top fan sites in terms of Rangers content uh, out there. How did that all start? Were you the one that created the site? No. So uh, it's funny because I was just talking about this with somebody the other day. It's been a while. I mean, I think I went, I started at Blue Shirt Banter in 2009. Uh, I was in college and Back then, SB Nation was just SB Nation. It wasn't, it wasn't part of Vox. And they would, like, buy websites. And that was how they, like, integrated them into their uh, umbrella, if you will. And they were trying to buy, I think it was, like, rangersnation.net or something, if my memory serves me correctly. And uh, that didn't work. And someone who was like an assistant editor for the Giants website was a Rangers fan. They gave him the website. He started it about a weekend. He realized he couldn't do it by himself. I had like a a WordPress blog about the Rangers way back when. He found me on there. We joined up. We teamed up. And the rest was history. Uh, and I think in 2011, I took over the site as managing editor. Um, and it's been... It's been a little crazy since then. The site definitely took off, got a little bit bigger than we ever thought it would. I, I joke about it. I, I, I remember staying awake the first day that we had a thousand people come to the website. I was in the library at Quinnipiac. Um, and now, obviously, those those numbers are a little bit bigger. So it, it's just, <laughs> it, it, it gets, it gets, it goes by quick. Yeah, everybody starts somewhere. I mean, we always talk, we always talk about Greg and Ryan's podcasts and stuff, like how they've been going for such a long time. And it's kind of similar how they started and how you got, you started like from college, Greg and Ryan started, they met in college and, and whatever. Um, I'm sure you've been on their show uh, quite a few times. A couple of no. times. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm dusting my podcast mic off again. We haven't, we, we had a podcast for the banter for a while and it just, it became too much when I had my son, it was just too much, but um Coming around. I was on a pod- podcast a couple of weeks ago, just, you know, c- coming back into the space. Uh-huh. I remember, I remember listening. I was actually in college when I first started, um, like, listening to, to podcasts, Rangers podcasts. The Blue Shirt Banther one was, was like, the first one that I would uh, listen to. I was a sophomore in college. Now I've, I've graduated. Um, around that time, I actually applied to work for, for Blue Shirt Banther. It didn't end up working out, unfortunately, but... Um, after during the pandemic is when I started the the whole like podcast thing here for Ice Cold Takes and uh, you know it was, uh, you all have you have to start somewhere and you know reading the stuff from Blue Shirt Panther is uh, always ha- hit me in the feels like around the time Zuccarello got traded and stuff like that uh, Zuccarello is one of my favorite players um, but we'll get into today's Rangers uh, three game losing streak that they had before uh, they played Ottawa yesterday, which is uh, on Wednesday for people listening on Saturday when this episode drops on Spotify and all your favorite listening platforms. Uh, 4-3 loss to Edmonton after leading 3-0. Did you catch that game, Joe, the, the game on Saturday? I did. I was um, at 3-1. I turned it off to watch the finish of the Argentina-Mexico game. And then I was like, after the game ended, I said, oh, let me just see what the Rangers ended up winning by. And it was like the last 20 seconds of the game and they were down 4-3. And I was like, oh, okay, that's that's pretty much the way things have been going right now. So I missed the bad part of that game, watched the entirety of the Devils game, and obviously saw the win last night. So, All right, so we'll, we'll talk about the Devils game first then. So the, the Rangers go up 2-0 in that game. They start off hot, coming off these fresh line changes. Coach Gallant puts uh, Panarin, Hedl, and Kako together, and immediately they strike on a, on a goal on their first shift together. First five minutes of the game looked to be in the Rangers' favor. Then after after that, it seemed to be all Devils until like maybe the last ten minutes of the third period. Would you agree? 
Yeah, you know, there's broader there's broader scopes to some of this stuff I think that we're looking at right now. I, I, I talked about this before. Um, my wife and I just had a, a baby, so I haven't really been writing, but I've been redoing the notes after every game for the banter. And this is the first time I can ever remember. Normally what happened at least the past decade or so is the Rangers were bad at hockey. They, the analytics weren't there. They, they were playing okay and they were getting unreal goaltending from either Lundqvist or if it was last year, it was Shesterkin. And that was kind of masking some of the problems that they were having on generating scoring chances, playing defense. And now this year, it's like flipped on its head. Like during the AV years, I would tell people all the time, you have to play sustainable hockey. The Rangers are not playing sustainable hockey. You can't keep asking Lundqvist to be a god. It, it, you can't win by such perfect margins in the playoffs. It just doesn't work that way. And now the Rangers are generating more often than not more scoring chances than their opponents are. They're getting terrible puck luck and they're not getting goaltending. So it's ironic that it's almost like a complete Uno reverse card where you just don't know what you're going to get. And look, I love Shesterkin. Obviously, he has not been amazing this year. I don't think he's been terrible. Um, you look at that game against the Devils, and it's not often that you sit there and say, huh, those are, you know, there's a couple of shots there that he probably should have saved. But this is such a young team. And I can't tell you they got worse over the summer. I really don't. I think Trocheck is an enormous upgrade over Strom. Outside of when Lieber Hayek is playing, this is the first time that I can't remember the Rangers icing an anchor in their defensive core. But this is still a very young team that's kind of learning their way a little bit. And closing out games is hard when you're not getting that historic goaltending that the Rangers got from Shesterkin last year. And I do think that the Rangers' run to the Eastern Conference Final kind of masked some of the issues that they had because they were getting that level of goaltending from Shesterkin. And right now, that's not there. Right. Like the 5v5 production, I think at some point this year, it was like top five in both expected goals for and against, which is like the first time that that's been the case for the Rangers since they started tracking that stuff. I think Rob Luker pointed that out. Um, it was very early on in the season, maybe after like 15 games, which is around the time that uh, Gallant split up Panera, or uh, Kreider's advantage at in Kaka, which was doing tremendous work, just wasn't getting the puck luck that they needed to keep that line together. And uh, I actually asked Vince Mercogliano on his podcast about um, if, if the frustrations have boiled over from not being able to put the puck in the back of the net. Now you're seeing all these basic plays uh, that the Rangers can't even handle. They're turning the puck over way too much. Uh, too many turnovers. I know the NHL app is probably not the best way to look at that stuff. There's probably uh, there's probably better ways to track that. But takeaway, their giveaways plus the opponent's takeaways against the Devil, 23. 23 turnovers. That's way too many. Like I don't care who's out there. 23 is too much. Uh, it's a surefire way of getting hemmed in your own end. Kind of like the AV years, like you go, you look back to that playoff series against the Senators in 2017. That was just an like absolutely awful set of events that the Rangers had to go through and all of their fans had to endure. Um, but basic plays, I'm talking like the the other teams going for a line change and they're dumping it in from the red line and the Rangers defenders can't even handle it. They can't make uh, the breakout pass. Neutral zone turnovers are or like are the backbone of the Rangers problems right now, I'd say uh, not including the game against Ottawa, but you know, you turn the puck over too much. Like the devil's capitalized. I think they scored three or four goals off of Rangers turnovers in that game. And uh, it's going to come back to bite you. And that's what happened against Edmonton too, in the third period, especially in the last 10 minutes, too many mistakes. And um, what would you do as like a, as a coach to, to do? Cause you know, Galant's a player's coach. What what specifically do you think he's doing like during in practice? What's the message to, to the team? You know, it's funny because the start of the season, I think the main question that people had about Gallant specifically was you're you have Kako and you have Lafreniere, who obviously need pretty elevated ice time. You have Filipino who some people thought probably should have been given the two C role rather than bringing in Trocheck. 
and now you're kind of limiting his ability to grow. The Rangers, as an organization, are awesome on placing glass ceilings over their top young kids. They're just <laughs> they're amazing at it. And the first 10 games of the year, I thought Gallant did a great job getting Kako and Lafreniere ice time, giving them power play time, making, you know, Zach Jones was getting ice time. The kids were do like every, even Heedle to an extent, as much as he could was, was playing well. And, you know, Kravstoff wasn't an issue because he was hurt. And now as the like wins weren't piling up and the Rangers were losing, even though they were playing really well, I feel like Gallant kind of reverted back to that, call it the AV style of like, all right, I have to do, you know, what I know. Jimmy VC, you know, he's a fantastic defensive forward. He's a great addition on the fourth line. He should not be on the first line. Right. Barkley Goodrow. I don't know what nice things I can really say about him. <laughs> I mean, it, the Rangers are paying him for something that I don't think he brings to the table anymore, but it is what it is. You know, he should not be your second line center. If you have two guys like that in your top six, it kind of makes sense that to your point about giveaways, that the Rangers are not generating chances. They're not, you know, holding on to the puck as much as they would like to. They're, those guys are getting top line minutes and they're getting, you know, top line defensive assignments. It's hard. When Jimmy Vesey is on the fourth line, if Barkley Goodrow is on the fourth line, you know, Ryan Reeves was out there obviously for a period of time, but remember the Rangers basically gave away Dryden Hunt who again, fantastic fourth line addition. So you look at some of the decisions that the Rangers have made and who they weren't playing until Ottawa, which was, you know, Kravstoff being in the lineup. It just, you're almost shooting yourself in the foot to an extent. I thought the lineups were a little bit more optimized against Ottawa. And, and look, let's call a spade a spade here too, right? Zach Jones hasn't been great as much as, you know, I love him. He should be in the lineup every day. Like Lieber Hayek provides nothing for the future of this team. Zach Jones does let him learn, let him swim. Braden Schneider, some games he looks great. Some games he doesn't look like an NHL defenseman. Again, not ludicrous for a young kid, right? They, they got to they gotta work through that. Jacob Trouba has been atrocious. There's just uh, no way around yeah. it. So Absolutely. you have, you know, three of your six defenders who on any given night, you know, all three of them might not be fire, firing on the right cylinders. That's a problem. So as the Rangers, who kind of rely, to your point, on that neutral zone, you know, breakout, you have Kreider, you have Panarin, you have Adam Fox, you have guys who can either get hit in stride in the neutral zone or, in Fox's case, can bring the puck up himself. If you're not optimizing your lineup, you're going to leave holes that you're really not going to be able to fill. So I thought Gallant did a much better job against Ottawa putting things together. I don't mind the kid line. I love the kid line. It was great in the playoffs. You need Lafreniere and Kako in the top six to push VC and Goudreau down. Yeah. And then you need Kravstoff on that third line to push them down even further. And that to me is really – VC was still on the first line against Ottawa – I thought Kravstoff did fine. I mean, he hasn't played in eight games. You know, you, you need to kind of skate some of the junk out. But the Rangers don't have a ton of cap space. The really big cap problems that they have have no movement clauses or just, you know, absurd contract. Like, Truba isn't going anywhere. Kreider more than likely isn't going anywhere. So when you really sit down and look at it, there's not much the Rangers can do aside from kind of tweak what they have in-house. And – that's kind of where we're at right now. I think if they optimize the lineup, look, to my point earlier in the show, the Rangers aren't playing bad hockey. They're not winning as much as you would like, but the underlying metrics, for the most part, are really supportive that eventually, once puck luck comes back in, I think Steve Alicat was talking about it last night, and once the goaltending kind of comes back into form, the Rangers are going to win hockey games. They're not, they don't mm -hmm. deserve the results that they're getting right now. The problem is knowing that you can stick with it if you're Gallant and saying, okay, we're playing hockey the right way. Bounces aren't going our way. Let's do a couple of tweaks, but keep things the way they are because the wins will come. Most NHL coaches don't do that. They don't know how. They look at the result and that's the end of it. So that's the scary part. But I think the way they played against Ottawa, that game should hopefully, you know, Halak got his first win as a Ranger. It was the best game he's played since he's come to New York, I think, you know, maybe that settles things a little bit. You play Ottawa again on Friday, I believe. Um, 
get a couple of wins under your belt and kind of relax a little bit, let things play out, see if some of your guys can't get hot and, you know, take it from there. I think it would do wonders if Kako, Hito, or Lafreniere, one of those guys goes on a hot streak because it's everyone looks at, at them and says that, you know, they're not doing what they should be doing. Where Whether that or not that's true or not, I don't – it doesn't matter to me because they look good. Like the underlying metrics show that they're having – they're playing well. I think they're playing better than they've they've played it to this point in the NHL. Um, like the, the the that top line of Kreider's advantage at Kako was doing so well, except for put the puck in the back of the net. That was the biggest issue. But Kako looked the best I've seen him on that line. Whether or not you agree that his skill set fits those two guys, you could say move Kreider down and put Lafreniere there so he's on his natural side. But the fact that Kako's up there is is like the biggest difference. Um, he's got the skill. Jimmy Vesey doesn't have the skill. He had a great game last night. Great game against Ottawa. Terrific penalty killer. Great defensive forward. You said it earlier. He he's a good, really, really good stick checker. Perfect fourth liner. Same thing, Barkley Goudreau. He does a lot of the things. To me, I like Goudreau because he does a lot of the things that you know a, a third or a fourth liner needs to do. It's just that he's it's too expensive to, to be on the fourth line. But if you can optimize the lineup, like you said, so that he's playing on the fourth line, maybe put him with Goche. Sammy Blay had an all right game last night, but I don't know how he's going to fare in the long run. Uh, and if you can optimize it so that VZ and, and uh, Barkley Goudreau are on the, the third or the fourth line, preferably the fourth line, so that he don't crabs off, get their ice time uh, and not aren't out there with scrubs, uh, that would be beneficial. I think the Rangers are still needing of one or two, maybe middle six forwards to, to bolster the lineup. Uh, I think that they could make a move for that actually sooner rather than later. There's a couple guys out there like Athena CU. They need some speed in there. There's too, they're too slow, I think, uh, in the bottom six. I think if you want to go in that chip and chase direction, you need faster skaters, kind of like Gauthier but they don't have enough guys out there. Like Blaze, you know, not doesn't have the the speed to to provide that forecheck. He's got the physicality, sure, but does he have the leg the 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 speed to to get in on the forecheck like Gauthier? I I don't think so. I mean, I'm I'm glad you're talking about Gauthier because I think he's kind of saved the Rangers season to an extent right I now. Love him. I think he's he's I've been saying so Joe, like I've been saying that he's a he's been a good player for a long time. Like I love what he brings to the table. People just make fun of him because he can never finish on a breakaway, but he still does all the things that you need a fourth yeah, liner he, to do. He as a bottom six player, and I don't even I, I don't like I think the, the term bottom six is antiquated. Like it's top nine, you know, fourth line. Right. A, as a third liner, Gotre brings so much to the table. And if he can find his scoring touch, which he's sort of doing. It elevates him to a whole new level. He's like a baby Kreider. He's fast. He's big. He draws it. Can I curse on the show or no? I should. Yeah, you could. Go ahead. He draws a shitload of penalties. Like, he impacts the game when he's on the ice. And without some of what he's brought to the table, I think the Rangers would be in a lot of trouble. Because let, let's go back. I want to go back to one thing. You were talking about Lafreniere and Kako. And this is why it's really important to – look at the underlying numbers and kind of go through some of them. Mm -hmm. I, and I don't know this, this data was accurate as of last week. So it might be different. Don't crucify me if it is. I don't think a single Ranger has, has uh, created more individual scoring chances than Lafreniere, not one. So when you have somebody that's doing that, that's playing at that level and they're not scoring, that's not, Oh, they suck. They can't finish. It's Oh, eventually. Right. The law of averages always right. win. Eventually, Lafreniere is going to get hot and he's going to start scoring. Some of that is because he's playing, you know, or was playing on the top line. I get it. But that's what you expect a first overall pick to do. I totally understand that the numbers are not there. You're going to get shit on by opposing fan bases. I don't care. That doesn't matter. If he's developing scoring chances on his own, the way that his numbers are showing he is, that's all you can ask for. So flip it back. To Gauthier, right? I don't care necessarily that he's not scoring on those breakaways because he only has one breakaway move. 
he gets to the dirty areas of the ice. He creates space. He's somebody that you have to worry about. Back in the day, the Rangers used to just launch Kreider out of a cannon up the boards, and it would pull defensemen back, and it would open up space to get through the neutral zone. He's kind of a similar player. And as he's starting to score a little bit more, using his body, drawing penalties, I notice him almost every time he's on the ice. So having an element like that on your third line, he should never come out of the lineup. There is no better option in the organization than him that you could say, all right, let's pluck him out and put him back in. Like removing him to put Kravstoff in would be a travesty. Yeah. The Rangers have a ton of bottom of the barrel players. Look, Sammy Blay, I'm I'm not gonna, you know, trash the guy. That trade, I I first of all I love Buchnevich. I could talk about that trade forever. Mm-hmm. Buchnevich in the year and change that he's been with St. Louis has already scored more points than Blay will as a ranger if he spends the rest of his career in New York. It just it was stupid. He's not great. He's a fourth line player, maybe he's a winner because he won in St. Louis. Fantastic. Like, there's nothing there. Like, not that he's not a valuable or could be a valuable fourth liner. I think he's a a good fourth liner. You could find guys like that a dime a dozen. You certainly don't trade point-per-game players for someone like that, but whatever. So I'm glad to see, like, you have to have Kravstoff and Gauthier in the lineup at the same time. You need that offense. You need Lafreniere and Kako in your top six. And if you put guys like that with Hedl, Hedl can make out the, you know, he could he could do some damage there. His speed helps open the ice up a little bit. Hedl's finding himself in the slot a lot more. He's going to the dirty oh, yeah. areas. He's yeah. got a great shot. He's starting to use his vision. Like, this is what you want. Remember that when the Rangers went to the Stanley Cup final in 2014 and when they went to the Eastern Conference final last year, they had a dominant third line that – they could rely on after the top six kind of eats away at the more powerful defensive units. You know, that was, it was, what was it? It was Broussard, Zuccarello. It wasn't. Puglia. No, Puglia. That's right. You know, that was back in 2014. Last year you had Hedl, Kako and Lafreniere. Mm-hmm. And it's incredible how just having a third line that can actually play hockey and his skill players on it, shelter them a little bit. They can provide that depth scoring that you need. So if the Rangers recreate that with Hito, you know, Gautier and whoever, Kravstoff, whatever it may be, that's fine. That's okay. You want that. Just make sure that the other pieces, you know, make sense too. Right. Just don't have VZ and Goudreau in the top. You don't don't need them and you put them on the fourth line. If you want to do Blay, you know, Goudreau, VC, fine. If you want to do Carpenter, Goudreau, VC, fine. But – that's sort of the cohesion that you need mm-hmm. out of your forwards. Like that's mm-hmm. what a Stanley cup team has. Mm-hmm. I think eventually we could get back to it. Coach Gallant was like very stubborn last year with his line combinations, both forwards and defenders <clears throat> until, until they, they made the moves for Vetrano and cop and Mott. He didn't touch any, he barely touched anything. Now he's doing it a lot this year. Uh, hopefully he could get it back to where Kako. We talked about like how, Panarin, we we always wondered who's going to be his right winger, who's going to be his right winger. Ever since we traded Buchnevich, you know, and and it created a hole in the lineup, who's going to fill in that second line right wing spot? Lafreniere steps in and he immediately started producing in those first few games. And there was your answer right there. Like, I don't know why you would go away from that. I thought he looked great, even though it wasn't his natural side. He played great with Panarin. Maybe Kravtsov is the guy. I don't know, but... It has to be it has to be one of those guys. Like I don't need it to be Gauthier. Gauthier on the third line is is perfect. And I think people when they see like Heedles on the third line, they see they think, oh, it's only twelve minutes. It's only twelve minutes or whatever. They're gonna kill his development. But if it's an effective third line, doesn't necessarily mean twelve minutes. It could mean thirteen, fourteen, fifteen minutes. Like Av used Broussard, Pouliot, Zuccarello like thirteen, fourteen, fifteen minutes a night back in that 2013-14 season. He used them a lot. Uh, so if you have an effective third line, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like, you know, they're still going to be used. They're going to get meaningful minutes. And like you said, shelter them so that they get the offensive zone starts against their against the opponent's, like, third pair defenders or their tired second pair, something well, like that. And if they happen to be 
impactful enough that you you can't shelter them, that they're eating minutes against the opposing team's, you know, first or second line of defenses, then that leaves your first or second line to be sheltered. And I personally wouldn't want Panarin or, you know, Trocek or Zibanejad out on the ice against not my best. So it just adds another element. I, I will say that Gallant is a lot better about matching up his lines than AV ever was, than David Quinn ever was. So, you know, that in and of itself helps a little bit. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. But you need to have the pieces in place to be able to do that. If you don't have the right parts, it doesn't matter what you do. You're not going to be able to match up against the opposing teams. The Rangers have the right parts. They just need to, you know, utilize them correctly. I also think they still need to come together as a group. Uh, Like Kravtsov is still young. And like you said, young team. He's a young player. Still got to get adjusted. However many games he was out of the lineup for. The one game I thought he was fine, like you said. Uh, I don't know why there's such a reluctance amongst fans to not put him in. I, I I guess it's because of what he did last year. But, like, you got to kind of separate your personal feelings from that and, you know, move on. Like, this is a guy that they invested a ninth overall draft pick in. They cannot afford to have another situation where it's like Leas Anderson and they're just going to end up trading him. Uh, it's probably going to end up like that. I hope it doesn't. But what do you think of, of Kravtsov? Should he be playing in as many games as possible? Uh, I am such a firm believer. You know, part of the issue when you get to the professional level, and, and, and this isn't just a Rangers thing, although the Rangers happen to be really bad at it. You have coaches who are coaching for their careers, right? They Gallant in the grand scheme of things doesn't give a shit about what the Rangers are going to look like in 10 years because he's not going to be here in 10 years. You know, Chris Drury should, right? He should think that he's going to be there that long. But even to that level, like the general manager level, they just, they don't think that way. So as far as I am concerned, I would play Jones every night, no matter how much he's struggling. I would play Schneider every night, no matter how he's struggling. Kravstoff, you know, Gautier, which last year, like, was a it was a travesty that he couldn't get in the lineup. Kako, Lafreniere, give them top six minutes, no matter what, whether they've earned it or not. You need to take a risk on players that you decide are the future of the organization. And if you come to a point where you have enough evidence to say that they're not, then you can disband and move on. But Jones learns nothing from sitting in the press box. Mm -hmm. Kravstoff learns nothing from sitting in the press box. Let them play. Trial by fire. There's no reason not to. Because if the gamble pays off, and it's not even a gamble, like you you spent a top 10 pick on Kravstoff. Play him. Play the investment. There's no reason not to play the investment. This goes back to like trading for Emerson Issa or Emerson Edom. Edom. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, you don't play them. It doesn't make sense. You you have the piece. See what you have in them. 
actually figure it out. Let them develop. Let them get comfortable. See what they really are. The Rangers have been more than happy to play guys like Girardi way past time that they should have. <laughs> Mark Stahl way past times when they should have. Lieber Hayek way past times when they should have. I get it. I understand that urge. You know, Tanner Glass, I could go, I could go on and on. Yeah. Make the investment on players that might be here in five or six years and then see what you have. Not many teams decide, you know what? My f- number one overall pick is not getting top six minutes. He's going to play on the third line. He's going to take a seat. He's going to figure it out. That doesn't happen. And Buchnevich is a perfect example of this. Yeah. Could never get into the lineup under AV. He was sitting for Tanner Glass in playoff games. Now he's a superstar in St. Louis. He's a point-per-game player. Take the risk and see what you have. There's no reason not to see what you have. So, yes, Jones is struggling. I don't give a shit. Play him. Schneider is struggling. He's struggling. They play him. They like him. He's physical. He brings, you know, the things to the table that, that the Rangers really appreciate. So they're playing him. That's good. Let him develop. And if it comes to a point, where you realize that they're not what they you want them to be, they're not what they should be, there's nothing there, then you can move on. But this whole, oh, go practice on your own, like Kravstoff, you know, Ryan Carpenter, he's not going right. to be here next year. So what gives you the better chance to win today might not even give you the better chance to win in, you know, January or February. I don't even consider it a risk to put him in the lineup. It's early in the season still. Like they should get as much ice time as possible. Like I never understood why Kako sat in, in game six until I talked to Johnny Laz. And he said like, you know, think of how, how, how much better Kako has looked now, like in, within the first few games of the season compared to last. Like I thought he looked great in the playoffs. He's looked even better so far this year, but that kind of move, I don't think is necessary in the regular season, especially within the first 30 games. Kravtsov, I think, needs to be in there, especially because, uh, you know, of previous, of, of the past, you know? Historically, it's it's not been a good relationship. They need to, to put the trust in him. They want him in on the roster, so what purpose is it that he's in the press box? You know what I mean? Like, Carpenter, like you said, I, I like that. Carpenter is probably not going to be here in the next year. He's on a one-year deal. He's a fourth-liner. He's nothing too special. Like I don't like to slander players and stuff, but I'm sorry, but like Kravtsov is is young and has talent and was an investment that the Rangers made, and he should be in the lineup whether he deserves it or not. Let him fail. Let him. Let him. Uh, you know, throw him under the bus. You never know. You, you got to see what you got in him. And I agree with you 100. percent And, and yeah. it's not it. Just to clarify, it's not like, oh, Ryan Carpenter's not a good hockey player or not a valuable, you know, fourth line piece because I actually really like that signing from a depth perspective. Yeah, yeah. But it's what is going to help you long term and what isn't. You will find a Ryan Carpenter tomorrow if you needed to. You can find him anywhere for a sixth round pick, seventh round pick for free off the waiver wire. Colorado found Dryden Hunt for free off the waiver wire. Like those things happen. Those are not people you need to invest in. They're just not. The Rangers, they either don't do their homework or they're not. Like, Leah Sanderson was a disaster. He was a reach at the time of the pick. The Rangers thought he was something he wasn't. They traded him for, like, a 50th overall draft pick. That's a that's a seventh overall pick. One of the first top ten picks the Rangers had in a while, if I remember correctly. Yep. So you can't just keep wasting those opportunities. You can't keep wasting your ninth overall picking Kravstoff to a lesser extent, you know, Kako and, and Lafreniere two and one respectively. You, you can't, you can't waste those things. You need to invest in those things. You need to give those things every chance to succeed that you have. If Kravstoff was a seventh round pick, it's less excusable if he's talented and young, but it's a little bit easier to swallow than wasting, you know, Oliver Wallstrom was picked right after Kravstoff mm-hmm. was, you know, that was a big debate at the time that it happened. The Rangers loved the fact that Kravstoff did so well. He had a historic uh, teenage season in the playoffs, I think, in the yeah. KHL. Then play the guy. What like I, it, Those are the things that I don't understand, that you, you like them enough to pluck them, to reach, to grab them, to bring them in. 
Nurture them when they're here. See what you have. There's no reason not to see what you have. Yeah, it kind of seems like a disconnect, like some somewhere along the line. Like I, I have no idea, but it's 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 frustrating too. Like because you, you know they reach so high for him, and then it's just like he's not in the lineup. Like why? It just, it, 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 I don't want to make any conspiracies or whatever, but it it is. It's frustrating. Yeah, the answering that question, and it's not. Look, it's not just Gallant. I mean, you're going back to David Quinn. You're going back to Elaine Vigneault. You're going back to. You know, a team that traded Anthony Duclair and a bunch of other things for, you know, Keith Yandel and then used them on the third pairing. Like <laughs> the Rangers are really, that. really good at fucking up the things that they do. And you sit there and you're like, how was this even part of the plan to do this if you're not going to use these players? And look, you can make whatever argument you want that Kravstov is a baby for going back to Russia and whatever the story was that Drury yelled at him or something after a game or whatever it might be. But it goes back to the point that like these guys have feelings. These are not robots in NHL 23. These are human beings with human emotions. If you're a 21 year old who can go make legit money in your home country, rather than playing for the Hartford Wolfpack and you know, the AHL, you'd probably think about doing the same thing. And if you think that you're being strung around and you're not really being like taken care of, why wouldn't you go back and, you know, do what you think is best for you. Any human being yelling at Kravtsov for going back to Russia last year will also be the first people to tell you that, like, oh, do what's best for you. Like, if a job is screwing you around, go find a new job. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. You're a Rangers fan. He plays hockey for the Rangers, but he's going to do what's best for him. And navigating those, like, personal, like, feelings, the Rangers suck at that, too. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they thought they had it when they they thought they had it right when they brought Nils Lung, uh, Patrick Nemeth over just because he's Swedish and to pair him with uh, with Nils Lundqvist and that was a disaster. They barely were able to get out from under that contract. That was uh, thank goodness for Arizona taking that. Uh, I mean, look, you know, we didn't even talk about Nils Lundqvist. Like that's another situation. Yeah, where, look, there's no way he could work here. You would take him and his offense right now in a heartbeat. Now. Different than Buchnevich, Drury got a first-round pick yeah. against top 10 protected yeah. in what is expected to be one of the most loaded drafts we've seen in decades. That makes that a lot easier to swallow. It just is what it is. But all the people who are like, oh, the Rangers knew he couldn't – he was going to be really good but never here. That's a big thing that I see on Twitter. That's a level of stupidity that I can't even articulate. Like, if he's good enough to be really good – he can be good enough to be really good here. You may need to do some things that you don't want to do to make it happen. Yeah. But he can do what you want him to do here. I always had a lot of faith in him. I always, like, when the Eichel trade rumors were going around, I was extremely, extremely reluctant in, in including him in a package. Uh, it's just, like, the Rangers, though, I think they, they because they've made such a long-term commitment to Jacob Truva, and he's the captain. It to them, I feel like they wouldn't want to put him on uh, on the the third pair and then slide Lundqvist up. I feel like that they wouldn't do that. Whether or not that's that's that that should be correct or not, that's up for debate. Like I would do that. They're doing it right now. They're putting Truva on the third pair, right? Like they they split up the D pairs so that he could he could heal. It's obvious that he's playing hurt and he's not had a. a good start to the season whatsoever um i hope he can turn it around but i feel like the organization probably viewed truba as a blocker to nils lundquist and adam fox on the power play one that's a big deal too yeah and look zach jones has the pedigree to be an offensive defenseman to a lesser extent Braden schneider has the pedigree right to kind of be what people think truba should have been it, it gets a little difficult when Look, Truba didn't forget how to play hockey overnight, right? Like, that that just doesn't happen. And it's up to the coaching staff to get him into a position where he can be a little bit more successful, you know, for the Rangers. And if he's truly playing hurt, like Gallant says he is, and he can't sit him because Truba won't allow that, A, don't make that public. That's insanity. <laughs> B, you're the coach of the hockey team. Like, that's your job. And if Truba is now the coach of the hockey team, 
let him be the coach of the hockey team. You know what I mean? It just, there's a lot of very strong voices in that locker room. And that's not a bad thing. This isn't like a, you know, fracturing of uh, there's, you know, people are on Truba's side, people are on Gallant's side. It's not like that. But if you're the coach and you're saying that the captain of the team is telling you he's not pulling you out of the line, like that, it's just, it's weird. It doesn't add anything. It, it just causes more conspiracy theories to, you know, your point. It's just a weird dynamic right now with the Rangers. I think a lot of people expected them to come out of the gate gangbusters like they were in the playoffs last year. Shesterkin has not been what the Rangers have needed him to be. The shooting percentage has not been there for a ton of players, which, again, is a good thing. Like, that's going to cycle itself back up. And quite frankly, I'd rather get hot closer to the playoffs than be hot in November and cool off in, you know, April. But – Feels like we're getting into a little bit of a panic situation with the Rangers right now from the organizational brass all the way down to some of the players. And that's not a good spot to be in. That's right. not you want to be in. Right. They're doing a lot of great things. Like I was praising them up until literally last week. I thought everything they were doing was fine. Like I love that they're dominating possession, controlling play for majority of these games. It's such a refreshing feel from years past where we're constantly hemmed into our own zone last year we were winning these games by the skin of our teeth because Igor Shesterkin was standing on his head probably should have won MVP if I if we're being honest like if you take him away Rangers are competing for Slavkovsky honestly last year um they they were playing well I thought they were doing a lot of great things except again put the puck in the back of the net low shooting percentage not capitalizing on chances that stuff comes like if you could keep up whatever you're doing. Like you have to be able to sustain that. The Rangers have the skill to do that too. Like it's not that it's not sustainable. It is. It should be. Because they have they have Panarin, they have Zabanajad, proven goal scorers. Kreider scored 50 last year. Kako Lafreniere that have promising that are promising. They have talent. They have the skills to be successful. You just got to give them more time to to keep going. Like I know the results aren't there. And I didn't like, I, honestly, I, I didn't like, uh, Gallant was asked uh, after the Edmonton game, I think Molly Molly Walker asked him, um, it was like, it was a question of like, okay, this is like, this This has happened multiple times where you've blown multi-goal leads. Like, what's the, what's the feel in the locker room? What do you need to do to fix it? And he just immediately responded, I don't remember the other, the other games. It's a fair question, but I don't remember the other games. But like, aren't you going to make an adjustment though? Like, where, where's the adjustment? And I like that he called out. I mentioned earlier about the turnovers, way too many turnovers. I like that he called that out. But I still need to see more. Like, I need to see adjustments. I need to see them stop turning the puck over. And last night was a good first step. When I checked during the second period, the Rangers had, like, 13 turnovers. By the end of the game, 15 turnovers. So, from the, like, somewhere in between the second period... To the end of the game, the Rangers only had two more turnovers. That was good, and they played a very good third period. Again, it is against Ottawa, so uh, I'm not going to celebrate just yet. Yeah, and those adjustments, you know, you talk about Kreider scoring 50-plus last year. At some point in the reverse, you have to know what you have, right? Kreider's not a 50-goal scorer. He's not. He did it last year. I get it. But relying on him to do that again when he'd never even breached 30 in his career is ludicrous. And if he does it again, great. But the the expectations that you have as a coaching staff, that has to be realistic too. You know, you you can't sit there and say, all right, we can expect 50 goals from Kreider, you know, Zibanejad. That's not how that works. You can Mm -hmm. certainly say, hey – you know, Kreider scored 20 goals last year and he, his shooting percentage was 5%. His career average is 10. So I would expect him to score more goals next year. You know, that's okay. But typically 30-year-olds don't have career years. Kreider happened to have one. Like, yeah. that's, that's great. But a lot of pieces came together the right way for the Rangers last year. And expecting that to happen again in the same ways. Like, Shesterkin was never going to have that year again, ever. That's like a once in a life. It, it, it's really why if you didn't appreciate Lundqvist, you should have like the gold standard for goaltending is consistency. Not many goaltenders play that well for that long. Mm. And Shesterkin's still playing. Okay. 
just not like he was last year. You kind of have to have an idea of what you're going to do if those things don't go exactly the way they did last year. And I don't know if the Rangers have the answer to that question. He came down to earth, Chef Serkin, and it's fine. Like, that's the last person I'm going to place my His down to earth is still better than almost anyone in the NHL. Yeah, yeah. It's just last year he was literally a historical goaltender. That more than likely is not going to repeat itself very often. You just need him to be whatever he is capable, not like what he's capable of, but just be himself. Like, it's just, you don't have to stop. You don't have to make the saves like last year. You don't have to do that. If the the rest of the team picks up their game and the drives play, like if you dominate possession, you just need him to come up with the saves when you need him to do it. Right? So like Halak did it last night. The Rangers kept them out to the outside. And then the pucks came in towards the end. Again, wow, a game in Ottawa where the Rangers are holding a late lead and they hold on and win. Wow, crazy. Who would have thought? Um, and they had Halak in that. But, you know, it's just they, they play for the goalie. Um, I think the, the mistakes, hopefully they, the, the Rangers stick to the course, like get back to what they were doing really well so that, you know, none of us are panicking. I'm kind of panicked. I'm kind of on that, that fence there about the panic, hitting the panic button. But the Rangers, you think they could turn it around? I do. I, I mean, yeah. they're, they're, and the reason I think that is because there's really nothing they need to change to an extent outside of letting the math catch up to them in a good way and making sure that they optimize their lineup. The reality of the situation is – you just have to make the playoffs. Nobody expected the Rangers to make the run that they made last year. You just have to make the playoffs. And the Rangers should make the playoffs. It would be pretty catastrophic if they didn't make the playoffs. So you, you don't want to panic in November. I guess it's December 1st. You don't want to panic in December. Um, you could certainly have things that you're concerned about. I would be a lot more concerned if this was happening and the underlying metrics were not there. But they are. So, you know, at some point, the roles need to reverse a little bit. The Rangers will get hot. They'll get the puck luck that they haven't gotten the first quarter of the year. And things will, you know, move in the right direction. But I understand being concerned, if you will, that that hasn't happened yet. They need to – someone on the team – I know Fox is playing really well right now. And you could say he's on a hot streak. But when is he not? The guy is, always, is, is awesome. It's incredible. Uh, yeah. I'm saying, like, someone else, like Kako, Lafreniere, Heedle, maybe even Goche, they need to go on a tear. And the Rangers themselves are in desperate need of, of a hot streak right now. And then after that, just play consistently. Because, I mean, the results were not, were not what we wanted in the past, the past couple of games. The West Coast road trip, five of eight points, fine. Could you have gotten, like, all eight of those points? Debatable. Uh, the efforts against the third period effort against Edmonton, unacceptable. Can't turn the puck over that much. That was the script. That was the game plan. You go into the third period, you have a lead three, nothing. Just don't turn the puck over when McDavid and dry are on the ice. And that's exactly what they did. And it cost them. And, you know, you can't be surprised when the Rangers end up on the losing end of that, of that, uh, of that game. And then, New Jersey, you know they're playing. They're one of the best teams in the league right now. You go out two nothing, and then there's like that feeling. Did you uh, did you also feel it too? Like there's no way the the Rangers are gonna win this. Like this is gonna, you know, close out. Like the Rangers are gonna stay two nothing. Like you think the Devils are gonna come back right in that game? You know, no. It's very rare that I didn't get. I I get that feeling at times. It's I, when I got that feeling was when the Devils took the 3-2 lead after the Rangers had dominated that period. I think it was – was it the third period? It might have been the second period. I think the they second dominated, period. They dominated the first 10 minutes of that period. Like, they got goalied a couple of times. They just played awesome. And then the Devils score on this first mistake the Rangers make the whole period. Mm -hmm. Right there is, okay, it's not our night. It's just not going to happen. And that's yeah. exactly what ended up happening. Um, but, you know – Again, that happens. It just seems to be happening a lot to the Rangers right now. Yeah. 
So I think they could get themselves out of a run. You think they need to make any other moves, like any trades or anything? I don't even, but like, and this is kind of going back to what I was talking to about before. What can you do? The Rangers don't really have money right now to do much of anything. And the only thing that you're going to add, at least from an extent of like, do you need to add offense? Maybe not. You really haven't played your best offensive players in the right positions to this point. And you have some kids in the wings that should be playing more like Kravstov. Do you want to add to the defense in, in place of who? You know what I mean? You're not replacing Truba. You don't want to touch Fox. You're not going to touch Lindgren. And are you really going to find someone with more upside than Schneider or Jones? So what do you know? What do you do? I think the Rangers need to know what they are before they go into this and say, you know, okay, like here are our trade targets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting, it's an interesting uh It'll be an interesting trade deadline for sure. I know now that they have 22, 23, they could start the accrual process now that Reeves' cap hit is off the off the books. Uh, so there's going to be a number of options out there for the Rangers. Um, I'd say defensively, they could they could add a, another another piece in case there's an injury or if, if Zach Jones really doesn't work out. Um, I'm hoping that's not the case. I really hope he he works out because I like what he what his skill set. I like his skill set. Um, like his attitude, uh, everything he said during during preseason and stuff like that. I just hope that translates to his NHL career. Uh, Joe, it was great having you on. You have anything else to add on before I wrap it up here? No, thanks for letting me uh, blow the dust off my podcast mic again. It's fun. Yeah, yeah, man. We should do it again sometime. Absolutely. All right, uh, ice cold takes fans. Take it easy. We'll see you guys next week. Hey, Rangers fans, thank you so much for listening to the Ice Cold Takes podcast this week. Make sure you follow at Ice Cold Takes Pod on Twitter to stay up to date with the latest Rangers info. See you all next week. Time, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I know.